You're listening to the Science of Sports Recovery Podcast. Each week, we explore how to recover more efficiently from training so you can work out harder and realize your full potential. This is the Science of Sports Recovery Podcast. Hey everybody, I am Jace Kraft, the host of Science of Sports Recovery Podcast, and today on the show, I have Alex Weber. He is an American Ninja Warrior, a world record holder, a five times TEDx speaker, and one of the youngest coaches ever to be awarded in the U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year honors. I believe he has a pretty impressive lacrosse career as well. Great to have you on the show, man. Jace, thank you so much, man. This is awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to, like, lacrosse is kind of a unique sport, especially for, like, you know, America. So I want to get into, like, how did you come to lacrosse as your sport of choice? Great question, man. And it's um, it's so dear to me to the point of I, you know, I rewatch games uh, televised, you know, because I'm I'm yeah. I'm a they call it a lax rat. I'm I'm such a nerd with it. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, so I started playing as just a kid because my older brother. I'm an accident kid. My older brother's nine years older. I just did everything as Zach did, and so he played hockey lacrosse. I played mm-hmm. hockey and lacrosse, and you know, you're a kid. You don't really think about it. One thing that was fortunate was my area was really good in lacrosse. Uh, so just the coaches were all yeah. pretty, you know, dialed and came from that pedigree. Our area at the time, lacrosse has exploded across the nation and the world. But at that time, we were probably one of like five kind of hotbeds for it. Sure. Um, but it was just something that I did. And, you know, what I share with people a lot is during that time in middle school, uh, was kind of shifting in it. I was getting bullied a lot at school. Like I just, my siblings had gone off to college. I just didn't really have a strong sense of being with people. And I was getting bullied at school. Um, and you know, my dad is going to be listening cause he's very supportive. Uh, and he's, you know, we had to find a balance and we did later, but in middle school, it was tough because he is very intense. And there was a big drop off between perfection and then everything else. Um, so lacrosse was this was the first avenue that entered my life. And it's a credit to Paul Carcaterra, who was the high school coach, who came down to a middle school practice, watched the practice and literally pulled me aside and was like, I think this could be something in your life. And I tell people that because whether you're a leader or whether you're an athlete, it's just these moments can literally change your entire path and who you see yourself as and what you do so that was one of those moments yeah up to that uh, point up to that point did you see that in yourself or was that just like out of left field and you're like oh man i was just playing sports i was just playing sports and if anything i was really passionate about i mean i i you name the sport i played it played Mm -hmm. soccer you know Played hockey, played lacrosse, played tennis. I was in chess tournaments because I showed them <laughs> tennis and chess. I'm not playing with you. I got a chess trophy at my uh, parents' house. But yeah. um, the uh, but I was really into tennis, and I was gonna, that was going to be my path. I was obsessive with it. I was doing the whole junior racket. Went down to Florida. Yeah. But then Coach Kark was like, "Hey, I think you'd be good at this." Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, "All right." Let's do it. And uh, <laughs> really from that moment on, I was so obsessed. Dream everything was to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. Was it, was that like the turning point or was it kind of a range of, of time? Cause like for me, uh, I am a distance running background and I have uh, a similar, like there is one point in my life where like, this is kind of the turning point, but there are several things leading up to it. And afterwards yeah. that just kind of reinforced it. That's a good question. I mean, freshman year I did run cross country just because some friends were like, it'll be great. Yeah. The, the joke that we had though, was just like, not a lot of variety in practice. Nope. It's like, oh, we're going to run today? Cool, 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 cool. Uh, but I have a lot of admiration for, for running just because the, there's a lot of nuances in it that I don't know if everyone sees on the surface of just, uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, very, very pure sport. Uh, but, um, when I was in eighth grade, so you asked if it was like a singular or an extended and great question because the singular was him pulling me up, but I Mm -hmm. got pulled up to play in high school, the JV team when I was in eighth grade, I was very mediocre with it. Not really great. But then my freshman year, I started on the hockey and lacrosse team and I I did really well. Mm. And that's when I was like, it was just such a hard contrast. Um, You know, there's a longer answer, so I won't get rambly with it, but like identity is everything. Mm. And um, my identity, my freshman fall was very different than my identity, my freshman winter, because hockey Mm. came in my life. And I went from being this like insecure, bullied freshman kid to being a starter on the cool team at our high school. And yeah. so I was like, well, let me do more of this stuff. This is yeah. way better. <laughs> so like I get more friends yeah. if I score goals. Like let's go. Uh, <laughs> so then I was just hockey and lacrosse and, you uh-huh. know, I was so all in. Yeah. Yeah. How many times in your athletic career did you doubt yourself as – an athlete and be like, Hey, this, I am not going to make it. (laughs) These are good questions, Jace. Um, the only time I ever really doubted myself as an athlete was in that period of finishing up college lacrosse, being Mm -hmm. told I was a former athlete, hanging up the cleats and just kind of like, I guess that chapter of competitive sports is over. Sure. And so one of the trillion reasons I'm thankful for American Ninja Warrior was I feel like I saw the dark side and, you know, maybe that's drastic, but like I saw my other life of not mm. being an athlete and who I was in that. Yeah. Not for me. Um, <laughs> from like how I take care of myself to what I eat, to what I drink, to what I do, yeah. to how I act in the world. And it's yeah. just, I How did long it. was that period for you? Where, where I really was probably at my low in terms of health and wellness and fitness was probably, um, I mean, now it's a while ago, but, you know, it was in like my late 20s, mid 20s. Um, but it was in that chapter where like sports end, and I think this happens for a lot of people, but your hard, your go hard energy keeps going. Yeah. And if you don't find an outlet that can show itself in some dicey ways. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, but so American Ninja Warrior, that's one of the reasons I'm thankful for it is it, you know, it pushes me to do things yeah. more athletic than I could do. And that's, I think, something that I'm, I'm very like, not protective, but I, I don't want to lose it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to like lose the orb. Like I like feel like I like got the energy orb and I like, I don't yeah. want to lose it. Um, yeah. no, and so, I, yeah. I think we, we actually had talked about kind of this 
period after uh, college sport with yeah. Corey in the last episode because um, that's kind of his story too and that's my story too and I think a lot of college athletes deal with this uh, I'm curious to know for you was it like if you can think back to before you actually stopped sport uh, for lacrosse were you ready to be done like were you kind of burnt out to the sport because I see it I see that happen a lot but then I see you know for you it could have been just you're done you know and it's <laughs> yeah no I mean they're interesting questions I think what is tough about college sports I'm trying to like transport back there I I never lost my love of lacrosse I mm-hmm. love lacrosse uh the I don't want to call it grind but the structure of playing college lacrosse is a lot the structure mm-hmm. of playing any college sport is a lot And if you, like our senior year, was underperforming, those last, where the writing's on the wall for your last couple, like your last month, it can kind of, where you know you're not going to make playoffs, but you still got a month. um, That part, I was ready to take a, but all I needed was an off season because I remember I moved to LA and I started playing lacrosse a month later and I was like, this is great. Uh, (laughs) um, Sure. But yeah, I mean, your your one question that you asked about was da- doubting athleticism, and I think one thing that I've also realized was I thought of myself as a certain type of athlete, meaning like I'm good at lacrosse, I'm good at hockey. Those are a certain type of sport, mm-hmm. and I even probably thought, you know, like oh, but I could learn basketball or I could learn football. It's pretty similar-ish. Uh, but like. I would walk by and see people doing flips and see people doing all these handstands and swinging mm. on things. And I'm like, I'm not that type of an athlete. Like yeah. I can be quick. Give me a ball. Give me a stick. I can do that. But that type of a sport, poof, yeah, that's sure. just not how I was brought onto this earth. Mm. And that has been really cool with American Ninja Warrior is to now in my heart know that I am that type of an athlete. Yeah. Um, is I think encouraging for people to just know that to just question, uh, don't, don't take some things as hard facts, even if your brain's saying it. Yeah. So what kind of like physical changes did you have to make going from a lacrosse player to American Ninja Warrior? Yeah. And it's one where like, I'm in it still of, there are some, uh, like inarguable things that you have to build and I'm still building very much so like grip strength. Like oh, yeah. that's a no fly zone. Like if you can't hang, you know, yeah. but it's a learnable, <laughs> it's a learnable thing. Like yeah. find a bar, find something to hang on and hang. Like it's super learnable. Yeah. Um, but I will say one of them was just like the comfortability of being able to swing on things and how your body moves with your feet, not on the ground is something I'm continually learning. Um, and, and I also think, and this kind of goes into recovery, one thing now, and I want to respect NBAs of, of, of being on American Ninja Warrior is in the past, I would be in the seasons before this, which I only, you know, it's, there's a lot there, but usually I would be very intense for three to six months and then very not intense for like six months. And, but this, but what ends up happening is 
because it's such an intense sport on your body, it's more intense than any other sport I've ever done on your body because you're swinging and leaping and grabbing. It's a lot of like, mm-hmm. you do need to like build up to certain levels. Yeah. So that's, I think, part of when I say like, I feel like I have the energy orb now and I don't want to let it go. Yeah. Uh, you got to like start back at the beginning and build it all up again. Sure. Yeah. So you brought up like, it is hard on your body. Uh, I mean, even like, lacrosse and hockey is very different than like say an endurance sport where you're just you know running this doing the same thing for hours at a time and it's not something that's going to happen to you for an injury but it's something that you just try to push through so when it comes to like lacrosse or american ninja warrior like what are you doing intentionally to prevent injuries and so you don't like accidentally you know, uh, throw out your shoulder or, or break your hand, which I know is your story as well. Yeah. I mean, I think two short things, all three, one is you do got to know where you're at Mm -hmm. and, and build the things. Like if you don't do enough, if your shoulders aren't strong and you try to lache, you know, from one ball, which is basically leaping from one bar to another, that's seven feet and you haven't built up that foundation. Mm-hmm. That's just like a reckless thing to do. So I think, but we also as athletes all have that quality of like, push it, right? Send it, go for it. Yeah. And so finding that delicate balance, which is tough. And especially some nights where you're really revved up in your training, trying to keep that watchful eye of like, all right, am I pushing and growing and expanding or am I being reckless? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's tough to sometimes navigate. Um, that would be one is just making sure you're really in tune and honest about the level that you're at. Mm-hmm. Two is warming up, which is still something I have to challenge myself to do because I get there and I'm like, let's just go. And I'm like, yeah. it never goes well when you just do that. So that would be warming up. And, you know, I hate even saying this, but there is a little bit of chance in it where like, mm-hmm. this is a creative sport. It's a dynamic sport. You're trying. Yeah. There's a lot of trying. And unfortunately... I don't even like saying this or putting this out there, but people get dinged up and it's not because of anything except this is a dynamic experiential push boundaries type of sport. Yeah. And that happens. Yeah. And in the same token, you got to understand you can't prepare for everything and things are going to happen. And that are outside of your control and it's like just getting your body to a point where it's going to recover faster when and if you do get you know dinged Mm -hmm. up and then just being like you said smart about putting yourself in the situations where you know you're not going to uh you know hurt yourself like if you've never done dead hangs or a pull-ups or have no arm strength and then starting to like swing from bar to bar like you're more likely to get hurt rather than building up the strength first and and stuff. Yeah. Um, How do you know, like when you're ready to take it to the next level then? Uh, Again, I think that's that like, it's a great question. I think it's that watchful eye of like, because you do need to like push yourself and try things and get through that wall of doubt and fear. But I, I do think there's like earned opportunities. Like, um, if you've been doing foundational strength and swinging on things and you've, you know, you've nailed it at three feet, then to go for five feet is not a crazy thing to do. 
if you like if three feet is in your bones and your muscles yeah. need that, that's not a crazy thing to do. I think it's just being like really understanding, yeah, like, okay, this is the strength level I so there's three kind of like different pieces of it. There's one is strength, two is athleticism. So like strength, just being able to hang and the muscles can handle it. Two is athleticism, being able to like move your body in the fluid ways that it needs. Mm-hmm. And then three is like intellect and and then knowing the sport and, yeah, uh, you know, having the knowledge of it. Um, so I think also just knowing where you're at in the journey, like I think my knowledge is one that I thought was, I thought I had pretty good knowledge. And mm-hmm. I realized this year, like, no, I, I just thought I had good knowledge. I didn't actually yeah. have yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good point i don't think many people think of that it's like having the knowledge of the sport is so important uh, yeah. especially when you are new to a sport and you're learning uh i know this best example i can think of is like in basketball where you are moving about the court and there's Ooh. you know alleys and and you know, lines yeah. that people are going to run and cut and stuff and putting your body in a position where you're not going to get ran over by the center yeah. or, you know, yeah. stuff like yeah. that or by your own teammate. I've played with many, uh, you know, I, I play some like just uh, city league stuff and yeah. you get some guys that have like never played basketball before and they're out there like always getting hurt or hurting people because they're like, it's so unpredictable you know unpredictable is a good way to put it yeah i mean you're right i mean especially like even the ninja warrior gyms are very like you're just kind of reminding me of like first off anyone listening type in ninja warrior gym in your zip code and there's gonna be one within an hour that's like so exciting and cool with how much the sport has grown and go check Mm -hmm. it out i guarantee you you'll be blown away at how encouraging and positive and welcoming everyone is so that's where I'm going to start with that. Uh, but I'll also say it's overwhelming because everything is new. And like, I remember when I would first go, I'd be like, I don't even know where to stand. Like, yeah. where do I stand? Like, am I in the way? Am I the way? What is going on? Uh, but like, you know, it's just like everything else. Like we're saying, you just keep showing up and it, st- it starts making more and more yeah. sense. Yeah. So with uh, American Ninja Warrior, uh, most people see – you know, kind of the full season, um, once a year type of deal. Uh, But they don't understand that there's competitions outside of that as Mm. well. Um, Can you talk to a little bit about like, what is a season or a year look for, or look like for, uh, you know, Ninja Warrior, if somebody wanted to do this, like what opportunities are out there for them to compete more than just on TV? If you stick around and listen to enough of our episodes here on the Science of Sports Recovery podcast, you'll notice a common theme of importance of mobility in recovery and injury prevention. That's why I recommend checking out the Ready States Virtual Mobility Coach to help you improve your mobility, recoverability, and injury prevention. The Ready State is a brainchild of coach and athlete Dr. Kelly Starrett, who you can learn more about on episode 13. His virtual mobility coach program helps athletes understand the importance of recovery, pain relief, and self-care. In other words, it helps fix the recovery side of training so you can keep seeing results from your workouts. His program will guide you through the same mobilizations used on athletes in the NFL, 
NHL and MLB. Provide custom tools for pain relief, give you customized pre and post exercise mobilizations based on your training and sports schedule and deliver daily mobilizations to keep you on track to achieve your goals. You put your heart and soul into your workouts. Make sure you get the most of them by going to thereadystate.com slash Jace. Again, that's thereadystate.com slash J-A-S-E. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, back to the show. So there are independent leagues, and I've done some competitions in them. Um... But then every gym also kind of has their community and culture and competitions as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've done some competition. I haven't really done the leagues, though I may this year because it seems fun. Um, And and they're run very well and people really commit a lot of themselves to make sure that they're good. Um, But I've done competitions at gyms and and they're fun. You know, I I never really came from a sport that – like I never did uh, like gymnastics or swimming. It feels very much like a meet versus like a game because like yeah. everyone's there waiting for your time. And, you know, um, but the, the short answer to your question is there's a ton of opportunities and like even just the weekly adult open gym or class at that local Ninja Warrior gym, I've gone to so many of those, especially like traveling around. They're awesome. They're so fun. Yeah. It is it is an adult jungle gym. Like at its core, it's an adult jungle yeah. gym. And so it's it's really fun. Do like say in, in most of these adult open like classes, is it you go there and uh you know, there's somebody leading you through different obstacles, or is it just like oh. here's some obstacles, go try what you want? No, there's both. There's both. I mean there's classes and there's open gyms. Mm. Um so the classes are obviously run. And the open yeah. gyms, usually they kind of go concurrently. I think a lot of gyms will have like class for an hour and a half and then open gym. Um, but with all of it, like if you come, and I will say this, if you come with humility and just like ask somebody, mm-hmm. hey, what do I do? Or people, it's so encouraging and supportive. And especially if it's a coach who works at the gym, like yeah. they're going to get you on something. And this is a beautiful moment. I guarantee you, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm thinking about it. I've saw it. I think it could be cool. I guarantee you're going to go to it. It's going to be overwhelming. You're not going to want to get on an obstacle. You're going to get on it and you're going to fail. And then you're going to want to stop. And everyone's going to be like, keep at it. And you're going to go and you're going to fail. And you're going to go and you're going to fail. And then you're going to get it. And when that happens and it happens for every single person, you can see this moment in them. And it's so beautiful. I'm getting like chills with it. It just (laughs) unlocked. It unlocks this truth of like, oh, wait, I didn't think I could do that, but now I just did it. And yeah. it's it's so cool. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I got into uh, obstacle course racing, which yeah. is like American Ninja Warrior, except extended <laughs> endurance, yeah. I call it. <laughs> it's so um, cool. Like, but, uh, yeah, horns and all that. Yeah, it was it was the same way. Um, so there's like Spartan. If you fail, you have to do burpees. But then there's these yeah. other um, brands where you go until you complete the obstacle. And if you don't, then yeah. you lose like your pro status or whatever. Uh, so I got to try multiple uh, obstacles at a time. And it was like, yeah, the first two, like they don't look as hard as they are. 
you know, yeah. uh, even in American Ninja Warrior, you see some people fail and you're like, how on earth do they do that? You know, uh, but everything is harder when you're actually doing it than what it looks. Uh, but it is fun when you actually get that accomplishment and, and stuff. But oh, there's yeah. some other things I want to talk about. So we're going to transition into that. Sure. But if you are listening at this point, and you're like, hey, I want to check out, uh, you know, some obstacles or uh, American Ninja Warrior style um, training. Like Alex said, looks Ninja Warrior Gym up in uh, your zip code or, you know, radius and you'll find something there. So I want to get into uh, your your injury of, I, I believe you broke your hand um, about a year ago or so. And yeah. how did, well, first of all, what happened there? How did, how did that happen? And then what was your recovery journey like? Yeah, I mean, there's, um, there's factually what happened. And then there's like, okay, but why did happen and i think mm. both are important but the factual what happened is i was training you know ninja warrior got postponed from uh its initial shoot date because of covid and we all at that time didn't know if we thought it might be two weeks right so it was basically like stay at it so i went into training and it was one of my best trainings i've ever done and it was uh you know i think that was probably going through me a little bit of just like that energy of like i'm crushing it right now and yeah. but this is an important takeaway is uh, and, and it's something I've tried to keep going. One of the athletes there, I really admire, and I think I wanted to really impress him. Hmm. So one of the obstacles, we were all doing the same kind of route, and we were just adding on to it, and it was it was cool and fun. It was all going great, but one of the rings was spinning, and it um, it wasn't difficult. It was dangerous. Like it shouldn't be that way. But I think I was yeah. so revved up and wanted to impress everyone that I just did it anyways. Sure. And so, like, let's call it like it is. That's ego. And, um, you know, and, and I don't even really think it was as much ego maybe as just not really taking a moment to be, to think and be mindful mm -hmm. and more diligent. And so that's what happened. And, I, you know, I would file that under that category of, you know, things happen in this sport. Um, and, like, you know, I know a lot of athletes, good friends, and people get banged up. Like, I got banged up a few times leading up to the season, yeah. not because of anything except it's a very dynamic sport. Like, you do these incredibly difficult balance obstacles where you're trying to go full speed balancing on very yeah. dicey things. Um, it's a very dynamic, difficult sport. I don't want to scare anyone off. Like, this is obviously the, like striving to be at the top level of it there's a mm -hmm. lot of degrees so like if you don't want to hit a buzzer in american ninja Warrior, you're not going to face this um yeah. so i don't want to like <laughs> scare anyone off with it you know it's a beautiful sport encouraging go do it yeah. um, but you're asking about an injury and i'll say that if i reflect back on my five years that ninja Warrior has been in my life the only times i've gotten really dinged up the through line for the first ones was when i didn't listen Meaning someone tried to explain something to me that I was so revved up or nervous or excited that I didn't listen to what they've said and I just went and did it and I hurt myself. Um, and then this one was, yeah, like I think if I'm, if I'm finishing the loop on this, what I really learned this season with American Ninja Warrior and this I learned like a week out, I knew that you needed to know what you wanted to do to go on the course. And then go do it. 
like this is incredible. I I knew it in my mind, like, yeah, like you want to swing your body like that, and you want to grab around there, and you want to do this, and like, and that to me was like, I know what to do. Yeah. Then I like went to like an independent competition before, and it, you know, it went fine, but it didn't go great. And I was talking to one of the athletes, and I talked to another athlete, and I was like, oh my gosh, they know exactly what they are doing down to when they are going to breathe, where they're going to grab with their left hand, where they're going to grab with their right hand, how they're going to – like it is a choreographed dance. And that was like mind-blowing to me of, of, of cool. And so to bring it back to the injury, I was way not like that because if I was approaching yeah. it like that, it never would have happened. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm sure they um, visualize, you know, that uh, the placement, part, everything yes. um, yeah. prior to. Yeah. Um, cool. So what happened, like a hand, a broken hand is a unique type of injury uh, because it's um, typically it's something happened to you, you know, it gets hit. You yeah. don't just, yeah. you don't just have like, chronic uh pain unless maybe if you're a rock climber or something you could get uh yep. overuse injury but uh what was it like coming back from that uh, and then did you ever have like hesitations of taking yeah. you know um yeah. and one of the athletes basically and this is where i think love comes in a lot of different forms was basically like do it and, and I was like, yep, that's it. I gotta just do it. And that's that. Uh, you know, yeah. it wasn't, you know, the phrase in my head, it was a little bit, but like, you gotta just go. And, mm -hmm. uh, I will say though, not a reckless go, like a mindful, intentional commitment. But, um, yeah. I mean, I'll, it was rough, um, not being able to compete in 2020 because of it. And, it being COVID also and having a lot of my live work change. Like, you know, I'm very honest about that with people that that was, I was not in a good place last spring. I went through a breakup too. I, I was joking, mm. like put it on my tab. Uh, but it was, you know, and I think what's so difficult about it for a lot of people who athletics and health and wellness and fitness are so integral to our identity and our happiness and fulfillment and how we feel that, it feels very like you're on the sideline of your life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's so many nuanced little moments of it. I mean, one that will always, I'll always remember. And I've, I've felt this and this is, I don't want to go off on a tangent with it, but um, you know, a belief that I have is that there's no experts in this world. I think there's people that care and do their best and then there's not. And um, I remember one of the doctors, one of the surgeons, you know, I went and saw six hand surgeons in like a week all by, wow. mind you, COVID is kicking up. So yeah. like offices are closing and I'm like, I have a broken thumb. Like I got to get someone to do this. But I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, I was in a delicate headspace of like, and this is all the while, like I thought Ninja Warrior might come back in the next couple of months and I still wanted the chance. So like, it was a very delicate um, place that I was in. Yeah. But long story short, um, one of the doctors I went in and the surgeon was like, I love American Ninja Warrior. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and she was like, gosh, this is a devastating injury for you. And I was just like, 
is that on the form? Like, do you need to say that? Like, yeah. I know, <laughs> I know that it's a devastating injury. Yeah. Um, but I think that happens. You know, I, I, I just, mm. my heart is with any athlete that goes through that because yeah. I, I really didn't have to deal with it a lot in college. Fortunately, I got dinged up, but I never. So this was really the first time where I was like, "Dang, mm. I am out of it," and. It's a very real feeling for athletes, you know, if you're on a team to feel like you're sidelined or lost. It's lost because say you lose that season, you know, while also wanting to be a good supportive teammate. It's a, there's a lot of nuances in this yeah. one, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So how do you think, because uh, I know like positive energy is, is um, yeah. important to you. I know you do a lot of speaking on it. Yeah. Uh, so how do you think like positive energy versus negative energy affects the recovery process? Yeah. I mean, so great question. I'll start with outlook, but then there's also like physiological parts of it, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, above my pay grade, but I do know a bit about it just from reading other smart people's work on it. Uh, and like, I think ultimately though, from just a outlook perspective, you're essentially, if you, if like there's two paths in the road and mm-hmm. there's a big boulder that dropped and the big boulder is anything that happened to you, a breakup, uh, a job yeah. issue, you hurt your hand, whatever it might be, there's two paths. And the path yeah. is like, this boulder is a big obstruction and this sucks, but do I take the path of negative and complain about it and go down with it? Or mm-hmm. we decide, okay, this is awful, but how can we make this better? And I think that is ultimately what positivity is. And then from a physiological standpoint of just having more energy, lowering your cortisol levels, increasing blood circulation, all of the beautiful things that happen in addition to actually training your body to give more energy to it and blood Mm -hmm. flow and healing energy and starting to believe that that is healing. Like that is very real. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I want to get into kind of your thought on this – Um, philosophy that I have with when it comes to like positive energy or optimism versus uh, pessimism. I, I believe that like, if you are are positive about a situation or if you're opt, uh, opt, not going to try to say that word, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but if you are positive about a situation, then you start to see opportunities. I love that. That, you wouldn't have if you were negative, you know, and you start to look for them because you are looking for them. You yes. start to see them. I think, you know, there's, we live in our own reality and there's yeah. so much that's going on around us that we can't focus on everything. I, I know like out of everything your eyes can see, like if you just look at yeah. your eyes can see what are you focused on? Like, how small that is. And then if you think about like all the thoughts in your brain, what are you focused on? Um, So like, what are your thoughts on that when it comes to like positivity, negativity and recovery? Yeah, I I think, I mean, it's a great perspective on it. I mean, that in terms of finding other opportunities, I think you're exactly right. You know, if if we're being positive, again, I think we're saying like, how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am very passionately against delusional positivity, which yeah, says that I'm awesome all the time. And, you know, and yeah. I, uh, 
there's like a war on positivity going on, which uh, <laughs> I, I think some people try to put it like we're saying good vibes only. And, yeah, and that's yeah. not the case. We're yeah. saying feel all vibes and then how can we make it so you do feel better? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, <laughs> you, you know, I think there's just so much science to support uh, what we focus on and what we give energy to and what we give effort to. And, you know, if we do focus on the positive things, then our, you know, our energy is going to focus on the positive things. Our effort's going to focus on the positive things. And if that's where our focus, energy, and effort are focused or channeled towards, it's going to result in positive things. And so, you know, I think the real difficulty is that there is some safe comfort in negativity. Um, and I experience them and I, I know we all do of like, why do we like gossiping or why do we like complaining about why that thing or that restaurant yeah. or that politician sucks? You know, uh, there's some comfort in it though. That is, it's not a real it's not real. It's it's not something that we really want. Yeah, yeah. That that's a good way to put that because it's it's almost easier, and it is easier to be negative, and it almost mm-hmm. just like it lowers your expectation, so you don't get hurt from yeah. that yeah. expectation. Um, I, I'm curious. You said like you know you're you're totally against blind positivity. Yeah. Uh, which I totally get as well. It's I think it's easier for myself or somebody in their own shoes to not be blindly positive for themselves. <laughs> there are you know some exceptions, but I think a majority of people don't have that. But then when we apply that to me supporting a teammate or a friend that's going through something you know like a broken hand or uh, you know an injury and trying to support them in a positive way without just you know being fluffy and be like yeah. you know you know whatever <laughs> you know it, you, it's kind of morbid but you know like at funerals like the worst thing you can say is you know like he's in a better or she's in a better place now like that's saying you shouldn't feel this way because of this. It's like they have the right to feel that. I'm just wondering how that translates to supporting somebody um, in a positive way, but not being coming across as blindly positive. No, it's a great question. I, I, I think you're trying to think about, you know, cause everyone's gone through their own experience with that, whether that's a breakup, whether that's an injury, whether that's a, you know, a tough loss in a job. Um, I'm trying to think of like, you know, my short answer is like, go with what feels true to you. And if, I, I do think intentions win. And so if you're coming from the right place, I think people feel that. Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong. Like, you know, one of my, our athletes had a tougher performance and, uh, you know, my energy, and he was like having a tough time shaking it. And my energy was very much like, almost coming with reason or like, you know, but this and you still, you know, and then another one of our athletes was just like, get over it. But it was like with love. Yeah. And it's like, he might've needed to hear that. So, um, my short answer is 
I don't think there is a right answer, but I do think intention, you know, because I also had people reach out and like, I had some athletes be like, that sucks. But what I know that they're saying is like, I feel you, you know, and, and like, it's valid, you know, and I'm kind of with you. Yeah. I had some people I work with say that sucks. And it really hurt me because it didn't feel like it was commiserating. It meant like, to me, it seemed like, um, I'm disappointing them because of the capacity of it being a professional. It, it, there was just, it was, uh, sure. I, I know I'm not doing that justice there, but I just think that intentions will show themselves. And so mm. as long as your heart's in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you get more leeway in that um, time of, of need, the closer the relationship and the more honest Definitely. the relationship has been up to that point. I mean, I've had, um, several different coaches throughout my running career and there's coaches that like you get done with a race and they'd be like well that didn't go well and you're like yeah <laughs> you know but then when something does go well or you know they're starting to see something in you and they tell you that goes a lot more you know a mm -hmm. lot farther yeah. than somebody that's saying uh, oh that was you know there was a lot of positive in that race and you just felt like, you know, that was the worst race ever. Uh, Let me know, ask so you. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. I, this is like a, I, I am intrigued by this from a, as a coach standpoint of like, mm. when those coaches said that, well, that didn't go well. Did it seem like they were on your team and it didn't go well, like together? Or was it more of like an accusatory or like, that didn't go well, like you did poorly. Or, or was it more like, all yeah. right, we did, we did poorly? No, that's a, that's a good point. It was, they were on my team still. Cool. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, well, Jace, you sucked that one up. You know, it was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that happens. We'll look at the training, you know, and, yeah. and, and it, and it comes down to, I think, the follow up questions to it. Cause then they start to dig in. So like, how do you feel at the beginning? You know, how do you feel in the, in the middle? Uh, where did it start to go downhill for you? You know, they're digging into trying to f see, you know, the answer yeah. instead of just saying it's on you, you know, you're broken. It's something yeah. about yeah. it was yeah. broken and stuff. So, uh, well, cool, man. I think that's probably a, a great place to wrap this up. I want to give you the floor here for the next uh, couple minutes to tell everybody about, you know, what you do, um, how you can help them or how they can get in touch with you and everything yeah. like that. Awesome. Jace, I appreciate it, man. It's awesome what you're, what you're doing here. And yeah, this is, you know, what I love to do. A lot of the work that I do is speaking at organizations on peak performance and leadership and uh, how we can be our best selves for ourselves, but also the people who need us and depend on us. So that's what I love to do. And I also started running groups. Um, a lot of those private groups are athletes and high achievers. Um, and it's been really beautiful. I have a new one that's all men. And it's uh, that's been really cool, uh, giving guys who are high achievers a space to actually connect and open up about how they're doing in an effort yeah. to be better. Um, so, yeah, if any of that hits, uh, please do reach out. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah, and your website's I'm Alex Weber.com. Yeah, one being Weber. I'm Alex Weber on all the things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's I am not I am. 
Correct. Um, and Correct. Alex, I, I made that mistake again, myself. So if I could do it again, I would uh, tweak that up. But uh, we're passionate, <laughs> as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Awesome. Well, it was certainly great to uh, chat with you here, Alex. I think there was a lot of good takeaways uh, for the audience. So uh, if you're listening, go check Alex out. And Alex, thanks for being here. Cheers. Thank you, man. All right. Episode's over. If you found value in this episode, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. And if you haven't already yet subscribed, do so now so you don't miss any important topics in the coming week. And if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, please send them my way. I am most responsive on Instagram. That's at jcheese, J-A-E, cheese, like the food, or email me directly at jace, J-A-S-E, at science of sportsrecovery.com. Talk soon.